What's going on, guys? Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Spitfire Podcast. Before we get to our episode this week, I have some exciting news to share with you. If you've listened to any past shows, you might have heard some hints that I've been up to a book. That's right, Spitting Fire, your guide to reignite and maintain your passion at homework and beyond is coming your way. I've just finalized the final proofs. It will be ready. So if you would like to get your hands on a copy, you don't have to wait until August 18th. That's right, you can pre-order at spitfirecoach.com slash pre-order and you'll save 30%. I know, it's crazy. I'll even sign the copy for you. Now, if you are in D.C. or will be in D.C. on August 17th, I would love to see you. We will have past guests of the podcast, Spitfires, all of this amazing energy to celebrate the release of Spitting Fire. If you'd like to attend, seats are going fast and they are limited. Head on over to spitfirecoach.com slash book, hit the event link, and I hope to see you then. And now for today's show. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another amazing episode of the Spitfire podcast. I believe our guest today is even smaller than me because in her description, she says she's pint size, whereas I say I'm highly concentrated. So we are not in the same room or else we would be doing a height contest, but I think she might have me beat. Uh, we have Danielle Watson, who I was referred to by Facebook, social media powers at work yet again. We love the social media connection, the unlikely interactions and connections that happen. But we're going to be talking today about her experience. She, she was a TEDx talker. She's got a book coming out. She's making her way. She's got a daily show. She's like talking good. I, like this woman has more energy than me. So I'm kind of impressed and semi-jealous and curious all at the same time. Danielle, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. I love the energy of the show. Awesome. Well, we'll, we'll make sure we get our virtual Red Bull on since I can't drink it because it gives me heart palpitations. Can you drink caffeine? Oh, heck no. <laughs> no. See, I, I feel like when you- the ceiling. <laughs> right. So like when you have natural energy, and I've realized this about myself, I have to be very cautious about what I consume because it's just overkill. Yeah. Are you a tea drinker? Yes. I love tea. Um, green tea in the morning is my ritual. And I love to have, uh, what is it called? Chamomile tea in, in the evenings. That I almost need that to come down at the end of the day. Yeah. So where do you think your energy comes from? Have you always been like this? No, I'm really glad you asked about that because anybody who has known me for more than the last five years knows a completely different version of me than who I am now. I have undergone this incredible transformation and for most of my life, I was tired all the time. I was constantly exhausted. I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to do things because I was always trying to replenish my energy. And I blamed it on being an introvert because mm -hmm. I am one of those people who I replenish my energy by being alone. And really what I found through going through the life change of divorce and having just myself to think about and care for was that I actually had a lot of energy, but I was channeling it all in one direction. I was channeling it into a relationship that was not working. And so I didn't have any energy left for anything else. So now that I'm not channeling energy into that, I have all the energy I need and energy to spare. I'm having to do things like join crazy running groups because I going to hot yoga once a day is not enough. I need two workouts a day plus work. So it's a really interesting, um, experience to find out 
that you actually are not who you thought you were. Yeah. You're like almost at midlife. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so funny because like we got connected on Facebook and we just kind of started sharing our stories and we have very similar parallels as far as like hitting the wall of a relationship ending and finding your passion and your energy. And it sounds like you have just tapped into that in full alignment, which makes you so unstoppable. Yeah. I agree. That makes you a spitfire. It does. Yay. I love, I love your concept of spitfire. And when I thought about, you know, when do we become a spitfire? It reminded me of a family story that my mom likes to tell. So when I was two years old, my grandmother took me to the local pharmacy and we were checking out and there was a very nice lady in the checkout line who leaned over and to me and said, aren't you the cutest, sweetest little girl? And I looked straight at her because I, I, you know, didn't know her and I was shy. And I said, leave me alone, you pesky pig. <laughs> and it's entirely rude and uncalled for. But I think that pretty much defined me as a spitfire at two because I was just willing to speak my truth. I didn't want to be spoken to or bothered, even though she was giving me a compliment. Oh my God. Well, so you have to read the book because the back of the book has the spitfire pledge. And part of it is, I will take a compliment. <laughs> well, I want to go back to something you said, like, when do you become a spitfire? And my argument is that everyone has always been a spitfire. It's just been covered up with expectations and the crap and the stories that we've, we've consumed. Because it sounds like as a young child, you were that way. And then we kind of get distracted around relationships and expectations that take us away from that. Yeah. So take me on your journey. So you, you wake up this moment, like what was the moment of like, I got to do something? Oh my goodness. Well, I would say I, I had been separated from my husband for a while and I realized that I had just reached the, my capacity for my own company and then I needed to do something else. And so I started just looking on sites like meetup.com and looking for places to go and things to do. And I happened to, to meet a friend there that was completely unexpected. She was another woman. She wasn't divorced, uh, but her husband was deployed and she became like my new um, adventure buddy because she wanted to get out and do things. And I wanted to get out and do things, but I was, I felt like a, a, infant in the world in a way, because I wasn't used to being out in the world on my own. I was used to, you know, being part of a couple and all that. And so it was just the perfect way to get out there and start doing things with someone who felt safe to me and who I felt like would watch over me and take care of me because I wasn't ready to get out and date. And I wasn't really ready to go places, you know, on my own. So that was really the catalyst for me was having a buddy to do things with and experience life and and someone who wasn't a part of my old life somebody who i was getting to know as who i was i think was a really important part of that because it it allowed me to shape and develop this new identity without carrying forward those expectations or those memories of what i'm supposed to be like or who i am and it was very freeing that's awesome. It was funny. I was having this exact conversation earlier this morning with another coach. We were leaving an event and we were talking about what happens when you start to emerge mm -hmm. as a new self and what happens to your friends and your family mm -hmm. when you start to make that change of like, they don't get it. And there's a lot of conflict that happens. 
so when you started to evolve and grow and you knew that this was kind of happening, what happened to those past friendships from the past life? You know, it's interesting. The The friendships that were mutual friendships, like other couples that uh, my husband and I had been friends with, um, those all sort of went with him. I, those all... I, for some reason, they they were not considered my property. <laughs> they were his property. So they went with him. Um, and I was left with basically the people who had been in my life long term, my best friend from high school, the best friend I'd made as an adult, my mom, um, a few other people. But mostly, I was just kind of starting over, which for me felt like it felt like a, a good opportunity for me to just figure out, you know, what kind of people do I want in my space? What sorts of uh, relationships do I want to have? You know, am I looking for a small circle of really close friends? Or am I looking for a wider circle of people that I can just casually hang out with? And it was such a cool experience to find that really, I didn't need any more close friends. I had what I needed in that tight inner circle. I had all the support that I needed. And what I really needed was just people that I could do things with and that I could enjoy activities with and who had diverse interests so that I could develop new interests of my own. And it was really, I learned so much about myself every time I made a new connection or relationship. It was so cool. I, I had no idea how much I would learn about myself just by seeing myself reflected by new people. And Very cool. It really showed me my growth process as well. You know, we like attracts like or things that are a match. You know, we, we know that those attract each other. And so in the beginning, I tr attracted a certain kind of person. And then as I developed myself more, I attracted different kinds of people. And the kinds of people that I am attracting at this point, like you, are just incredible, incredible people. <laughs> That's the spitfire connection. It's like you're just a magnet for awesomeness. And yes. But walk me through your process because I know that for some of our listeners, it's like, okay, that's great that that worked for you. Mm -hmm. But, you know, from the day that you're like, I have this one friend and we're going to do activities, what was the process from like there to here in you figuring out who you were? Yeah, it was a lot of just asking questions of myself like, okay, what is it that I want to do today? How do I want to spend my time? How can I make that happen? So uh, one of the actions I took was I joined a yoga studio. I'm a longtime yoga practitioner, but I hadn't been a member of a studio in years. And so I started going to the studio and then I started going early so I could do a little chit chat before we actually started practicing. And then I would, you know, stay a few minutes after and talk to those people. And just the next day I might ask myself, you know, what do you want to do? Well, I want to go sit at a restaurant and have lunch with somebody, but I didn't know anybody to do that with. So I went by myself and I just imagined that I would have a friend to do that sort of thing with. So a lot of it was an exercise in just figuring out how was it that I wanted to spend my time? Was there a resource, something like meetup or, um, you know, events going on where other people would be gathered there who then I could then meet? And if not, could I find myself willing to go do that activity on my own and, and be willing to start talking to people? And what I found is when I went places on my own and I didn't have a buddy to do them with, 
there were usually other people there who could sense that I was trying and I was out and I was vulnerable and who wanted to take me under their wing. I remember once going, oh, you know, I really want to go rock climbing. I want to learn to do that, but I don't have anybody to go with. And I found that there was a local rock climbing group and I went and um, everybody there was just so welcoming and friendly and like, come be part of our group. We're glad you're here. And just receiving that, that welcome from people helped me to grow bolder in the kinds of things that I would go out and do. Very cool. I'm imagining though, that you were feeling very confident about yourself as you entered into that. Or am I wrong? I would not agree that I was feeling confident about myself. I mean, I'm confident in who I am as a person, but mm -hmm. I wasn't feeling confident in my ability to connect with others because I was in, in a place in my life where, you know, I felt injured inside and so I felt vulnerable and I really wasn't feeling sure of my intuition of who was a good and safe person for me to be with and who might not be. And so there was definitely that feeling of hesitation of like, oh my gosh, am I going to go out to this thing and find out it's like full of swingers or something? And I'm not <laughs> into that. You know, not that that's wrong, but just ending up in situations where I was just not worldly enough to understand what was going on. And, and, really having to go, you know what, you're a big girl. You can leave at any time. Just because you go to something doesn't mean you have to stay. You could even show up in the parking lot. And if you decide you're not brave enough to go in tonight, you can leave. And just really giving myself permission to do whatever it was I needed to do. That's, that's the interesting piece because a lot of people that I think identify as being introverted feel like putting themselves out there in a social situation is a punishment but it sounded like you're like, I'm giving myself permission to go as far as I want to go. And if I don't feel comfortable, I can always leave or I can right. do something different. But I think it's when we have, and going back to expectations, we have an expectation that when I do this, I get this outcome. When I show up, it's going to be like this rather than what's the best case scenario. What's the worst case scenario and what's my coping mechanism or fallback plan so that I'm safe and comfortable. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting, as we're talking through this, I'm thinking about in my total life experience, and I was very experienced in doing this in business and networking and sharing myself and putting myself out there from a business owner perspective. But from a personal perspective, it was like I had compartmentalized that knowledge and didn't know how to take it and overlay it into my personal life because there wasn't that same feeling of, of vulnerability and, you know, being almost like newly born into the world and feeling like you're in a jungle and it's a dangerous place. Well, I, I, I identify that as being a baby giraffe. Mm -hmm. Like you're just like wonky yes. legs and falling down and like, you know, it's crazy. It's like you're born and you're expect to, expected to walk and you're like, ah, I'm going to fall down now. But you get yeah. back up and eventually you get stronger uh, through yep. the process. So you put yourself in, and it's funny because I look, I, I'm watching you on Facebook and social media and you are the ultimate connector, community builder. Like, you're like, I'm just going to talk to everybody. So it seems like that really served as a really key foundation for what you're doing now. Yeah. So yeah. tell me what you're doing now. What are you doing? 
What am I doing? Well, I am the pre in the process of restarting my show, relaunching it. It's called the Danielle Daily Show. Um, I did over a hundred episodes and it was exhausting to do a daily show. <laughs> I did a hundred day blog challenge. Yeah. Like every day I wrote and posted a blog. So I get it. And being on video is that much more work. It is. It is that much more work. So the show has been on break for a year and I decided to bring it back. But since the show has been on break, the Danielle Daily has really become more of a brand than a show that needs to happen every day. So the show will happen once a week, but the brand is really about, you know, how are you choosing to experience life on a daily basis? So Got you've it. done your 100-day blog challenge. I did my 365-day meditation challenge. I did a 365-day photo challenge like 10 years ago. I've done tons of these little things that are they're micro accomplishments, right? That, mm -hmm. That's the whole point is to practice the focus and discipline it takes to complete one of these challenges. And, and that's a, a part of the message is, you know, you can become whoever it is you want to become, but you have to be willing to repeatedly do something until you either get good at it or you get desensitized <laughs> to it in a way. And so, um, one of the things that I just started was this running group, 10 weeks to 10K. And, you know, I keep telling people, I don't like to run, but I want to be somebody who is capable of running. And mm -hmm. so therefore I have to run. <laughs> um, so it's thinking about yourself and how you want to adventure through the day-to-day the -day of life. Yeah. Well, it sounds like the key piece because I see this with clients. They're like, I'm signing up for this challenge. I'm doing this activity. I'm doing this program. And my question to them is, okay, so what do you do on day 22 of the 21 challenge? Mm -hmm. what, what is this about for you? What do you expect to accomplish? And how is this going to change in your life? Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have an idea of what success looks like, you can't plug yourself into that mindset at all. And you're expecting the challenge to make it all happen for you. And then you're left feeling like, okay, I did this. Now what? Yeah. So well, how do for, you, go ahead. For me, the, taking on these challenges is really just to be able to celebrate the success. It's totally. less about the outcome than just like, oh my gosh, I did the thing. And when the challenge is over, then I always feel like I need a break. I'm like, okay, done challenging for a while. Just want to relax and just do whatever feels normal and natural to me. And then at some point, some you know ambition or drive builds up in me and like, oh, I want to get good at this thing. That's actually how my Danielle Daily Show started in the first place. I wanted to get more comfortable on video because I was supremely uncomfortable on video. I was fine behind a microphone, but you put a camera in front of me and I just became like this introverted weirdo. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, if I want to get where I want to go in life, I'm going to have to get comfortable in front of a camera. And so I just set down that a 30 day challenge for myself. You're going to do a video every day for 30 days. And after 30 days, I was like, yay video. This is awesome. I love it so much. And then it turned into my show. And so you, for me, it's really about a curiosity of mm -hmm. who will I become through this? What might happen? And then we'll celebrate it and see what we do with it. And a lot of times I just discard it. Like the photo project that I did for a year 
I don't have a dying, burning need to take a photo every day, although it probably happens. Um, but it just gave me more skills and more thinking about, you know, how, how what goes on in our everyday life can be interesting, mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, the key thing that I'm hearing is that there's a lot of fun and play mm -hmm. that is assigned to what other people think of having, you know, organization and discipline mm -hmm. assigned to it. And I think that's the key piece that people need to think about. Like, if it's not fun, why are you doing it? Like, why are you struggling through this? It's not going to be fun after you're done with it. Right. And, you know, it's, I, I think about that concept a lot because, you know, we say, if you're, if it's a miserable journey, it's not going to get you to a place you enjoy, but that's not actually always true. Um, I found, so I don't enjoy running, but I do enjoy somebody who has the capability of being able to run. So mm -hmm. doing like a hard workout that helps me get better at doing a handstand is worth like, there's some suffering that goes into that, but we get to choose you know, how uncomfortable we're making ourselves because anytime we're growing, there is some discomfort. And so it's really getting in tune with your intuition and going, okay, am I uncomfortable or suffering because there's expansion happening here? Or am I actually beating myself up or doing something that my, my intuition is saying, this is not for you. Stop banging your head against the wall. And that's such a fine line and interesting concept. Yeah. I mean, the way that I think of it is I have the opportunity and the ability to make any situation fun. So whether it is menial, whether it's uncomfortable, whether it's dirty, like I can make that fun. I can have that experience where like I can be painting a wall and having the best time ever. So what can I actively do to support that in happening? Because I know that that's what makes the time go faster. It's what makes it better. But if you are choosing to identify the task as being sufferable, mm -hmm. miserable, mm -hmm. uncomfortable, and misery, and you're posting about it, you are feeding into the negative source of it. And then my question is, so why are you doing it? Yeah. But for you, it's like you're celebrating, hey, I mastered this. I did this. I set out to do it. Unlike the expectation of if I do this, then I will feel this way. Right. So you're injecting that mindset into it the whole way through. Yep. So what's, what is, how do you define success around the the daily show. So success for me, gosh, is that, well, obviously I'm having fun with it. It's causing me to grow myself in new ways. So I'm sure you've noticed that I've been talking about getting sponsors. And so even though the show hasn't even started yet again, um, I thought, you know what, what would make this, this show better is if I learned to get good at getting sponsors. And so I've been working on that. Um, and then obviously some, it would be something that people get value out of and actually watch and share. That was one of the reasons that I put the show on hiatus before because I was putting a lot into it and I was developing and I was getting a lot of satisfaction out of it. And I had a core group of really rabid fans, which was awesome, but it wasn't, it wasn't growing. And mm -hmm. I feel like there's a certain amount, at least for me, of organic growth that needs to happen with something before I'm willing to put extra resources behind um, getting it out there in a bigger way. So, you know, doing things like ads and things. I felt like 
I've hit the wall too soon for me to w- feel like confident and that desire, burning desire to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what? I just need to take a break from that. And so now I feel like reapproaching the show from a different angle, you know, having sponsors. I have a, a woman who is going to be following me around with the camera and doing the shooting and the editing. I'm like, okay, you know, I feel like I'm doing this a different way. We're going to see if that has, you know, more organic growth that goes outside of the sphere of people I know. And then that if, if it does that and I'm get to the step where I'm like, okay, I'm ready to get this out there in a bigger way that will feel like success for me because it will have given me a different experience than what I had before. Gotcha. It sounds like delegating is a huge piece of this. Yes. Yeah. So I have to ask, what are your tips for getting sponsors? What are my what? Your tips for getting sponsors. Oh, tips for getting sponsors. I mean, just ask. Just ask. (laughs) People can say no. That be willing to hear no, but also be willing to receive yes. Uh, It's just that simple. It's that simple. Just ask. People, you know, it's funny. I, I do a lot of things. I go out and do things and people ask me, how do you do that? And it's like, well, you just ask or you just put one foot in front of the other or you just write it down or it's not really ever the action that is the the barrier people know how that could happen but they sort of think well how can i make it happen and Mm -hmm. i think the key is to just be curious of and the way i approach it is i wonder what would happen if and Mm -hmm. so then i try it and you know sometimes what happens is nothing (laughs) or something i didn't want but a lot of times what happens is i get a yes or i get an opportunity or i learn something new or yeah it's really that simple just do it the nike slogan right just do it well and and the back end of that is i think you have completely separated yourself from the expectation of the outcome Yes. which I think is where a lot of people get into trouble. And we, we mentioned this before we, we got the show started of like, how do you deal with managing expectations? Yeah. So expectations are always going to get us in trouble <laughs> because they, they have a way of just driving us with this energy that is repellent to people. But when we approach things with curiosity, it's like, it's that same thing where it gives us something that we're, shooting for something we have in mind, not quite a goal, but intention. an intention. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> it gives us an intention, but it gives that free and open energy. That's very inviting to people. Interesting. So I've like, I'm, I'm all about energy, but I have never, um, been bold enough to say to my clients that you are actually repelling people. I say you're repelling energy, but that's exactly it. Like it's this desperation that comes in of like, please give me my expectation. Please give me my outcome. And people are like, hell no. It's like what you want and need most, you actually like repel away from you. Yes. So just by disconnecting and being curious allows you the freedom and the creativity to be open to whatever appears Mm -hmm. and working with it. And it's such a fun, playful energy. It's magnetic. I I really feel like that's my secret sauce is that fun, playful energy. People are just like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I want to be part of it because it's exciting and fun and yay. <laughs> I, th- I think we share a special sauce. Or we might have different flavorings, but I'm totally down with that too. <laughs> I, I'm definitely positive you're more of a badass than I am. So. Really? <laughs> yes. That's really funny. I, I don't know where that comes from. 
mystery. <laughs> it's funny. I, I can be a badass, but I would say that's probably more of a facade than anything else. Like, I am such a little wimp about things where I'm like, I don't know. We'll see. Like, asking for directions in a store, like, my boyfriend is like, why don't you just ask? I'll just find it. He's like, just go ask her. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I feel like you're pretty skilled at dishing out a tough love with a side of kick in the pants. Yeah. I mean, I'm all about lighting fire under people's asses, but I will say the the common theme is that there is established trust and it's all out of love. Like last night I do these accountability calls with clients. So I call them engine calls. And she tells me the story of well, that's just what happens when you get older. Like it's normal to be scared of everything. I said, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> who told you that? And she's like, well, that's what? And I said, seriously, who told you that? Where did you read that? And she's like, well, nowhere. I said, so you came up with that on your own? And she's like, yeah. And I said, do you, do you hear how ridiculous that sounds? <laughs> so we had this huge like laughing match at the end of it because it was just so ridiculous. But if I didn't come out and just be like over the top and like, are you fucking kidding yes. me? <laughs> Then we would have gone on this whole like circuitous, like, how does that make you feel? Why do you feel that way? And I'm like, no, No. (laughs) we're just going right to the problem here. And that is, this is ridiculous. Yeah. I'm like, let's just stop screwing around here. Like you're being ridiculous. And and I said, so what's the alternative? She's like, I'm going to be fearless. I was like, that's right. You Um, own that. But if I didn't come out and be like, I'm going to be bold and be fearless without fear of how you're going to react, she wouldn't have been able to show up in that way. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I am a badass. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. So t- tell me about the book. So yes, my book um, is already out. It has been out for over a year now. The title is Dear Self, I Love You, Keep Going. And I, I wrote it for myself, really. It was a series of encouragements that I wrote to myself as I was trying to you know, get myself from being knocked down on my knees to being out in the world and being fully expressed again. And it's funny because I truly did write every one of those notes to myself. So it's not like a notes from the universe or here's what coach Danielle says. I mean, these were truly intimate looks into what I was learning about myself or the world or the intentions I was setting for my future self. Um, And I was writing them down and I had been writing them for probably a good three months on a daily basis before it dawned on me the obvious idea of if I wrote these for a year, I could compile them into a book. Mm -hmm. And I ended up publishing them because the people I was sharing them with really, really loved them. They were like, these are so inspiring. You know, I wish I could talk to myself in this loving way. And I already had an inner cheerleader in me, but it was through that experience that I really learned how much I truly love and value myself and that I am my biggest cheerleader, my biggest fan. I know I will always fight to the death for myself. Um, It was just such an empowering experience to cheer and love myself that way and to let other people see it. And what I love is that when people read it, they're like, oh my gosh, I can see your transformation. I can see that in the beginning you were like, oh my God, life is horrible. And then you started to believe, well, maybe I can make it. 
And then you started to go, I think I might be making it. And then in the end, I was like, I'm going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. And, you know, it's interesting because in the, in the process of writing that book, I was going through the most painful experience of my life and hopefully mm -hmm. the most painful experience I will ever have. I hope I never hurt like that ever again. Um, but it was, it was that moment where things are so painful and so bad that you have to, you find yourself having to ask yourself, you know, is this so bad that I don't want to live anymore? Like I had to ask myself, mm -hmm. okay, you know, do I want to live? Do I want to die? And I'm not saying I was in any way suicidal, but it was that moment where you see like from an outside perspective that this is when people question whether they want to keep going. Mm -hmm. And for me, the answer was, heck yeah, I'm going to stage a huge comeback. And this, the next part of my life is going to be way better. I don't know how it's going to happen, but that is what I'm aiming for. And so that was a huge part of continuing to write the book and to continue to get up every day and do things because I had that intention in mind of this is not what I want it to be right now, but I know that I want what is ever, whatever is on the other side of this transformation. I want it so bad. I want to look back and be like, yes, I went through all that. It was horrible. It was painful but look where I am now. <laughs> this is so great. And for me, that was, that was an empowering question. I know that's a scary question for a lot of people, but for me, it was an empowering question because the answer was such a resounding, keep going, keep going, yeah. which is part of the title, you know, dear self, I love you. Keep going. Just don't stop in the deep, dark woods. Just keep going. Yeah. But I think you have to ask those really hard questions because you don't want to live life at 20% of you. And right. if you're going to actively choose to be on this planet, God damn it, do it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. It's like you, you made that active decision to be a hundred percent you at that moment. Yep. And the, the crazy thing is like, so if you had said, well, I don't know, mm -hmm. then, then that opens up a whole different discussion too. But I right. think if, if we avoid it, if, we're, if we just assume this is how I feel and this is how I should feel, then you're not serving yourself. And I think a lot of people are afraid of that curiosity of, you know, asking themselves the question, because what if the answer is I don't know, or what if the answer is no? Um, I think maybe I had a little bit of an advantage asking myself that question because I am comfortable with uh, curiosity and uncertainty. Mm -hmm. So in asking myself that question, I was like, two thirds of the answers were going to be acceptable. <laughs> Only no wouldn't have been okay. I don't know would have been a catalyst for curiosity. And yes, mm -hmm. was obviously the, the, the best answer that I could get by asking myself that. So, yeah. I, you know, back to what we were talking about earlier, cultivating that sense of curiosity can really help you out <laughs> in asking yeah. yourself the tough questions. Yeah. And I think curiosity to know and to not know, and then the curiosity to go seek out help mm -hmm. if the answer is no, or the answer yes. is not what you want it to be. Because yes. I think the other thing that happens as entrepreneurs, as professionals, as adults, is we have the DIY-itis. Yeah. I need to fix this on my own. I can do this on my own. And I think self-awareness is the first step, but the second step is asking for help when you need it. Yeah, and identifying absolutely. when you need to. 
Yeah. When I was going through all that, I was seeing a therapist as often as once a week. Um, and at the greatest gap period, you know, uh, once a month. And the reason I was doing that was not for her to fix me because I was actively involved in my personal growth and development, but I wanted a professional watching me for signs that that wasn't going well or that I was becoming depressed or that, you know, the thoughts in my head were not um, in touch with reality. That was really important for me that I had somebody on the outside who was qualified to just take a look at, at my mental health and that yeah. I was moving forward the way that I had set my internal intention to do. Yeah. So it's not all on you. There are licensed professionals or people who are certified to take care of you in that way. And, and that's, that's why I do what I do because I want to make sure that people have an ally in their process. And so they can be like, you know what, I don't have it together and I need to work through it. And that's totally cool. But I think what you're up to is super exciting, but I've got to ask you my two staple questions. And I know you've listened to the show, so you know what they are. <laughs> what is your Spitfire superpower? My Spitfire superpower is courage. Uh, I will always face my demons head on. And what's your kryptonite? My kryptonite is loneliness. Ah, that was my word. When I went through coaching school, we had to write the word that like triggered us the most and made us, our gremlins come out and mine was alone. Yep. Yeah. So do you still think you're an introvert? I am absolutely still an introvert uh, for two reasons. One, I, I receive my energy replenishment by being on my own. There's actually a second in, uh, definition of introvert, which it means that you have an internal point of reference and an mm -hmm. extrovert has an external point of reference. My point of reference is always internal. How am I doing compared to my expectations for myself rather than how am I doing in reference to others' expectations for me? So yes, absolutely still in the introvert camp, but I, I have developed that outgoing personality that keeps me from that, you know, kryptonite word, the loneliness. Yeah, that's awesome. So I'm MBTI certified. And I'm glad that you brought that up because I think people stereotype what it means to be introverted and means to be extroverted. So like I'm the same way, but I'm right on the cusp between the two where mm -hmm. I get really energized to being around people, but also really appreciate the alone time of reflection. Yeah. So that's wherever you are. So if you had to give our listeners one groundbreaking, life-changing tip, what would it be? Oh, okay. So the tip I would give would be an exercise that I did years ago. I know a lot of us have heard of the mirror exercise where you look into the mirror and you tell yourself, you know, I love you. And for me, that never would have worked. I never would have gotten to love myself if I had done it that way. So my tip is the process that I use, which is I started looking in the mirror and with a look of curiosity on my face, I said, I'm willing to consider loving you. And that's a, that's really where it all started for me. Awesome. I feel like people should use that in their dating. Um, yes. <laughs> their dating stance. <laughs> I'm willing to consider loving you. Yes. <laughs> well, Danielle, thank you so much for coming on this show, sharing your Spitfire journey. And if people wanted to check you out, learn more about what you're up to the show, where can they go? 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, please follow me on Instagram. I am at the underscore Danielle Daily. The Instagram TV, The Danielle Daily Show, will be debuting in August of 2018, if you're listening in the future. Um, also follow me on Facebook at The Danielle Daily. And I also have a Twitter account, but I'm really not active there. Um, you can find me at Danielle Daily TV. Awesome. Thanks so much, Danielle. And for all the spitfires out there, keep being awesome.